Welcome back for the exciting third episode of the Film Obsessed Couple. I am still Scott. I am still Shelly. And thank you again for joining us. You've listened now to two episodes and you've decided to come back for a third. Some people might think there's something wrong with you, but we think you are amazing. (laughs) We like you. That's (laughs) all that matters. So, yes, today we'll be talking about Doomsday, um, which we didn't announce, so I don't think there would be anybody that could have watched this with us or beforehand, but... But after this, we will start announcing the movies because we do have a good lineup and it kind of written down. This month, I don't think we've really said because we've been so uh, into trying to get the content out and talk about the movie. But this month in January, we're doing action movies. Mm-hmm. February, we're going to be doing um, rom-com, mm-hmm. which <laughs> you could tell Scott's so excited about. No, no, no. I There's, there's good rom-coms, yes, but I picked some bad ones. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to love them. I, you might, but I figured it would be more interesting to talk about the ones that are bad. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. Because, okay, so when we first started, we did kind of like a, a test run, and we listened to a uh, Lifetime, or we watched a Lifetime show, a mm-hmm. movie, and that was really fun to record because it was just kind of hilarious. Yeah, but wasn't you, sure. You're never going to be able to hear it because... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's deleted it this way because we were getting all the equipment ready and in and I realized that one of the plugins I had did not was not compatible with the iPad. So we were recording it. We did like a whole hour and a half episode on it mm-hmm. and it was through the speakers of my iPad. So you, it it sounded like crap. Yeah, the sound quality was just so bad. <laughs> and for all the people that are going to write in and be like, "Well, you could have fixed it." Oh well. Yeah. I probably I deleted it. It's maybe we'll we'll watch it some other time or another lifetime movie yeah that'd be fun but yeah i just picked a crazy movie because i was like me going crazy not figuring out what wanted what movie i wanted to have a start off with and wanted it to be perfect and we ended up with cellular which isn't perfect at all so it's okay yeah it's okay and we um we're kind of recording ahead of time like today is the 2nd of january and you're going to be listening to this on the 17th i think So we're recording early because Scott and I are are very busy. We both have full-time jobs, and I'm going to college part-time. So we want to be ahead of the game. That way we can continue to release our weekly episodes. Yes. Yeah, I think think a lot of podcasts do that. I don't know if we could survive if we were doing it week to week. No. No, couldn't couldn't do that. (laughs) That would be way too much stress and... That's one thing we don't want about this podcast is it to be stressful. It has been very challenging. Just, just to get everything off the ground. Yeah, to get everything off the ground and to learn everything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's more than just recording and editing. I mean, whew, it's just, there's a lot. But we're glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. And tell a friend. Rate us on Apple. Mm-hmm. iTunes, yeah. Rate us there. That would mean the world. And the more people we get out, the faster we can do more content. That'd be great. So what's one of the reasons why you wanted to start this podcast, Scott? Well, one of the reasons I wanted to start it is just I've always talked about movies. Like I kind of said, I think on the first episode, I'm just a huge movie fan. I love Mm -hmm. watching them and talking about them. And you had said it in previous points, you know, you're like, I think you should start a podcast. Or, oh, that would be a great podcast material. You're just talking about movies. And you finally pushed me to it because you were she was doing a paper for one of her, her English classes about a job career. And she chose podcasting, and she really kind of lit a fire, and we we started doing it. We looked into it, and 
got all the equipment and here we are just because you you really have been pushing for it for a bit i don't know if i would have done it just by myself yeah you're you're the motivator behind this well i'm glad i'm glad that i had that chance in english because i'm like podcasting seems like it'd be fun and i i actually just got into podcasting like last year when i started working from home i had a complete job career change was working from home, loving it. And then I started listening to podcasts. I'm into true crime, which I love so much. But, mm-hmm. um, well, I don't love crime. <laughs> you love, love the podcast. I love the podcast. I'm like hearing things about true crime. But yeah, the, so that got me really interested in podcasting and kind of, it seemed like really fun. And I liked getting to know the people behind, you know, the, the podcast. And um, so I thought, what the hell? Let's give it a shot. Even if we bomb. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. Something fun to do. And it's fun to just sit down because I don't know if we mentioned it. We did talk about living together, I think, on the last episode. But Shelly and I are married. Yeah. And yeah, it's just fun to sit down and not have like your phones or the the TV or a game or something in between you two. It's just we're basically just sitting down here and laughing at something that we watched. Yeah, it. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, it's I think fun. I've cried every episode because I laugh so hard. Yes. <laughs> I think I can confirm that, yes. Well, we just want to welcome you again and so glad you're here. You can follow us on Instagram and, again, rate so we can get our name out there and get some more listeners. But let's go ahead and get into this. Doomsday. All right. Yes, Doomsday is from 2008. Directed by a guy named Neil Marshall. He did um, some other movies. I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Descent. It's about these ladies that go cave exploring, cave diving. I don't not not diving, but they go exploring cave in London or UK or whatever. Because I think the, that director is like British, is why his movies take place there. Maybe, but mm-hmm. he uh, these ladies go into the caves and they discover like these horrific like man eating monsters and they have to like try to escape. Yikes. Yeah, so that movie really put him on the map. I don't know if he directed a lot before then. Uh, well, he did the, a movie called Dog Soldiers, where it's like these soldiers fighting werewolves. So, just weird movies. Yeah. <laughs> As we will continue to hear with Doomsday today, another strange, out-there type of movie. I, re- I picked this one because I had saw it in theaters when I worked at the movie theater. I'd seen it at the theater. I honestly did not remember anything about it. It's just a movie that I watched and completely forgot about. Which is kind of nice. Because yeah. then you can, like, watch it again fresh instead of... Yeah, I seem to remember there was, like, something to do with the car chase at the end, which, of course, you know, we'll get there. But that's all I really remembered, and I remembered, like, a big wall. and Because I thought it was, like, a zombie <laughs> outbreak or something. I couldn't even remember the whole crux of the movie. Yeah. Which, watching it now, kind of scary. <laughs> it starts off <laughs> it with, is. like, a uh, a virus killing millions of people in Scotland. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap, why did we watch this? Yeah. It's uh, pretty surreal. Hope that it doesn't ever get that far. Get to that point. Because, yeah. yeah, it turns these people into kind of weird zombies. Yeah. They have, like, sores and stuff all over their face. And, like, yeah, the zombies, I think, is the best that I could describe it as. But, yes, it's 2008 when the movie takes... The year the movie was made is when it starts out. It says, 2008, the virus in Scotland called the Reaper virus mm-hmm. spread. Spread is a common cold. Yeah, they, they tried everything and it just spread so fast that all they had to do... All they could think of at the end of it was to build a wall to separate Scotland from Great britain yeah to just isolate people that are not sick yes which i was like oh my god and there's a wall in here too like in this movie <laughs> fucking saw it coming like a virus killing people um 
a big wall to separate a country from another country. Hmm. I was like, oh my god. That's familiar. Sounds very familiar today. It's very scary to watch that today, yes. As, as we're going through a pandemic right now. Still, yeah, year, we're going on year three of the pandemic. Hopefully, when people listen to this in the future, the pandemic will have been just a memory. Which I guess it would be called endemic, I think is what it's called, if it's just in a local um, pandemic is global. Oh, gotcha. So it's just an endemic in the yes. Scotland area. I just studied this in school, and oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called endemic because uh, I was thinking in in, you in know, country, in, like in one area. place. So well, there you go. Yeah. So um, well, yeah. The movie starts off with Malcolm McDowell. He plays the character Kane, um, narrating kind of what's happening the virus taking off. He says it started as a common cold and spread. And... Which I thought the narrating was a little weird. I didn't quite mm -hmm. understand it until later. And then when I did understand it, I'm like, okay, well, it makes sense. But yeah. it was just weird at the beginning. So movies like this, when they have a lot of ground to cover, like they have to explain how the virus started, what happened, blah, blah, blah. They usually do it with a narration and or a scroll like you'll see the old movies where it's just like text and it's like the year is 2008 like star, star wars, wars. Yeah. <laughs> or um yeah other movies that start with like a scroll to just explain how weird and everything that's going on but uh the movie starts with it starts in 2008 and all these people are like behind the gate they try to get over the gate and these soldiers shoot a couple of the people because uh, one one of the per people in the group is infected so mm -hmm. the soldier shoots him and I, I noticed it was so funny. He sprayed blood on all these people. I'm like, yeah. well, all these blood are all these people are now infected. Yeah, and I think he killed some people behind him too. Cause yeah. I mean, he was just it was a machine gun, and he was just like blowing them yeah. down. Yeah, this this is what the anti-vaxxers think the government wants to do with us now. <laughs> not yeah, they're like oh this is what the government wants what they probably believe is if somebody doesn't take the vaccine they're gonna shoot them and shoot everybody else but uh, no. so the crowd goes crazy they jump over and they're all running like, towards where they're gonna oh because it's in scotland this is scotland mm -hmm. okay now it's yeah, coming it's making scotland. sense going to they're London. trying to get Our on the other Britain. side of the wall yeah trying to get on the other side of the wall before it closes they rush it. One guy gets his arm trapped in the wall as it yeah, shuts. Yeah, I was like, why are you putting your hand in there? This is a steel yeah. door closing. Do you think you're going to be able to hold it open? No. No. And we watched the unrated cut, so I was afraid we would get like scenes that maybe weren't in the original, but I think we just got bloodier version. Oh, it was... Yeah, it was pretty. Even Scott like stopped the movie. and was like, "Do you do you want to not watch the unrated?" Because he was worried about me. I'm like, yeah, "I'm good." I I know I was worried about you. Yeah, I was like, "Are you sure we're, we can try to find a rated version of this?" I wasn't even thinking. It just was like, "You have rented the unrated." I'm like, "Oh shit, that's the way to go." Yeah, so it is pretty bloody. So they shut the door. And then, so as the people are all rushing towards the door, we get a shot of a woman with a little girl, which I thought was a boy at first. I just didn't see it very well. Mm -hmm. And the little girl has a piece of glass in her eye. No, she. I thought she was shot. I thought it was like a piece of glass. Oh, maybe it was. I think it was, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> she has something in something her eye. Something in her eye. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom is trying to find anybody that can help. So she runs up and there's a helicopter of soldiers that's getting ready to take off. And she's like, please take my daughter. And they're like, we're full up. No. And one soldier gets off and says, like, we'll put your daughter on here. I'll stay. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? I, I mean, I know it's for the movie to keep going. But like, dude, you're going to be killed. You're going to die. Uh, yeah. I, I think he knows that. But he wanted to help the little girl. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So the little girl takes off and she's got like a bandage around her head because her eye and 
the mom stays behind, and then th- this is where we cut 27 years later. Mm-hmm. It's a boat, and I guess this guy on this boat is trafficking people. Trying to br- He's trying to bring people in to Britain. Oh, that makes sense now. Now that I'm talking it out, I'm kind of, because yes. Yeah. Uh, he and another bad guy, whatever, are bartering for these people, and it shows like the hold of the ship, and they've got people in there. Mm-hmm. And the little girl has now grown up and is Rona Mitra. Uh, Rona. <laughs> yes. I, I thought that in the movie. I was like. Like Corona. Corona. Reaper virus. Corona. Rona. Me- yeah. This movie is just a little it. weird. This movie is not a documentary. Eek. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no. Yeah. She's like a high ranking government official of DDS, which is the department of. What did we say it was? It was DDS. Um, not the doctors. Department of Domestic Security. Yes. Okay. So fake government. <laughs> fake government department because i don't think that exists at least at this point no they shouldn't have, they should have named it ice the department that gets illegals out of the country oh. then it would have been real real but um no she is like the she's a badass soldier and because her eye got damaged she has a fake eye which she can pop out and <laughs> use it as a video camera <laughs> i know it sounds so dumb when you say it out loud and get this it's a bouncy ball yeah she throws it <laughs> She throws it and it bounces like it's a rubber ball. <laughs> and it just lands right where it needs to. Like the eyeball like directly out where it needs to record. Yeah. Well, or... it's like weighted, I bet. Weighted so it just lands. But Maybe. we start out, she puts the eye on like a surface so she can see this guy getting onto the boat. And as you can see where they're at. And it's recording and she can see it in her head or whatever, the recording. So she knows what it's looking at. And uh, they go on the boat. Yeah, they just start murdering all these people. Yeah, it, yeah, they pretty much opened fire. And then I thought it was interesting. This is probably just the unrated, but there was a naked lady yes. in the bathtub. And she just pulls a shotgun and starts blasting people like she's done it a million times. I was wondering that too. Because, yeah, she's just naked lady in this bathtub. And one of the other, the DDS soldiers comes in there. And she pulls this biggest shotgun you've ever seen yeah. up from behind the tub. <laughs> Did she do that regularly? Is she like, well, I'm going to take a bath now that I have to have my shotgun next to me just in case. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they know what they're doing is dangerous. But I just thought that was a weird twist. I don't know why they were like, oh, let's put a naked lady in a tub shooting a shotgun. Yeah. No, she's completely naked. And and Rona Mitra, her name is Eden Sinclair, uh, which we were talking last week about crazy names in movies. That's kind of a weird one. Yeah, it is. But Eden Sinclair, she shoots the naked lady in the bathtub. Her and her other guys mostly shoot everybody on the boat. And then, like, the head bad guy who is, like, trafficking all these people in get her partner. Mm-hmm. And he's holding, like, a shotgun to the guy's head. And he's like, back off, get away from me, or I'll kill your partner. And because you got to know that she's a badass, she doesn't. She just keeps rushing this dude. I know. I was waiting for any second. I'm like, why isn't she shooting the guy? Like, wait. She did, but but yeah. then I guess it, whatever happened... What happens next wouldn't have happened if yeah. she shot him. Well, because isn't the soldier guy saying, like, don't do it? Yeah. I think he's like, don't. Please, God, don't do this. Don't shoot. <laughs> don't shoot him. And she just keeps walking, and the guy's like, what What the fuck are you doing? He's like, I will kill this guy. Don't come closer to me. You're, so, you're, clo- you're coming closer to me? Are you kidding me? So he's backing up. And he trips. <laughs> and sh- he just shoots this the soldier's head right off. And I scream. <laughs> you did. Yeah, it was, again, I don't know if it's just the unrated cut, but it was bloody. If we ever get a lot of listeners, I'd like to do a live (laughs) of us watching the movie live because you guys, I mean, I'm a jumper. 
Yes, and our dog Lily, if she's laying on the couch with us, when you jump like that, she'll get off the couch. She, she goes in her crate because she's scared of everything. Yeah, she's ner- she's a nervous dog, and yeah, when Shelly jumps like that, she's like, whoop! <laughs> and, then, and then Lily will get off the couch and go into her crate like, I don't know what's going on up here. Uh, I crack myself up. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so the soldier gets his head blown off, and I'm like, well, this lady's in trouble. Eden Sinclair is going to be in deep shit because she got her partner killed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his head was blown to bits. Yeah, I mean, you think if police officers are in a hostage situation, and the guy holding hostages is like, if you come into this building, I will kill these people, and the cop goes in, that cop's yeah. going to be held responsible if that I guy would... kills everybody. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Anyway, it's the future. I mean, you know, it's the future. Don't make sense out of this. Yeah, no. (laughs) That's my job. Yeah, no, absolutely. So she's sitting outside after all this happens, and then Bob Hoskins of many different movies. He was Mm -hmm. in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, one of his more famous movies. I was trying to picture him. I love that. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's he's a great actor, and he was in Super Mario Brothers, one of his most hated movies. I think he said he was wasted the whole time making it because he (laughs) thought it was a piece of shit. Uh, But he's like her boss, and Mm -hmm. um, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. This is okay. And, you know, you you technically got that guy killed, but whatever. It's fine. And And this is where she puts the bouncy ball in her eye, her eye socket. Yeah, and we should also say that when she has the the eye bouncy ball out, she has a black eye patch over her eye. Because those of you who don't, who aren't familiar with it, there was a character in a movie called Escape from New York, Snake, played by Kurt Russell, who had an eye patch. So keep that in mind as we talk about this movie, because you're going to be like, wow, I thought that happened in Escape from New York. It did. This movie, mm-hmm. the the guy and the the director Neil Marshall said that this was like a an homage to Escape from New York and and Mad Max and all those kind of futuristic wow. movies. So yes, yeah, she puts her eye back in without even washing it off. Yeah, no, ooh. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Maybe it self lubricates itself or something, and <laughs> it like it dis- disinfects itself. But I was like, that thing was sitting on like a dirty shipping container when you had it looking at the yes. bed. Yes, and then she rolled it on the ground. Yeah, she threw it just because, yes, I don't understand Ew. what she did. When when the bad guy had her partner, she threw it at him, and it was, like, just recording. It was for her to show that she fucked up. That recording was recording her messing up and getting her partner killed. <laughs> I don't know. It's like police body cam footage. She's like, yes, <laughs> I did get my partner killed. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but she's talking to Bob Hoskins, and he's all like, oh, it's okay. And she has a running thing where she's always asking him for cigarettes. And he's like, oh, why don't you buy cigarettes? And she's like, because I can just steal yours. And I rewound it because I thought I saw it, but the, the name of the cigarettes are Collapsed Lung yeah, Cigarettes. That was so funny. It's like, like, wow. wow. That's pretty much accurate. Maybe they should start wording it like that with cigarettes and people would not buy them anymore if it's like cancer sticks. I doubt it. Death givers. They'd still do it. Yeah, no, I just thought it was a weird name for cigarettes. <laughs> if they started naming food like maggots or something, I'm like, that tastes good. I don't think I could do that, though. I'd be like, here's your plate of maggots and it's Chinese food. I'd be like, I can't eat this. So Bob Hoskins is talking with her and she and she has a piece of paper that her mother gave her before she put her on the chopper at the beginning of the movie that I think has her address on it. Mm-hmm. Or is it so? She's yeah. like, oh, I just want to know if my mom ever made it out or if she lived. Then it cuts to like 
a slum because I guess Great Britain or whatever has become kind of crappy because they mm-hmm. when they cut Scotland off they really kind of fell into despair right like the other countries didn't view them that great anymore kind of like if we built a wall I don't think America will be considered that great anymore Mm-mm. and I will not be political like that anymore so I'm just pointing out the similarities as you can't see it but yeah, you, I mean you gotta think yeah I mean, it's hard not to compare yeah. a little bit and be maybe a little scared, but, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point. Yeah, well, so this these slums, like people, the, the poorer people in, the, in Great Britain are living in kind of the slum areas. They're all forced into, like, one area, and so it shows these Great Britain, like, these police running through. There's another lady in a shower in the scene real quick. When they're going through these oh, slums, yeah. I was like, another naked lady already? Okay. Did they show her naked, though? I don't know. It was very quick, but I'm like, another lady in the yeah. shower. Yeah, um, they just started coming in and shooting people. Um, I don't think they started shooting. Oh. They just, they go up and they see, they go up into the room and they see that there's like three or four infected people in a house. Okay. And did they shoot these people? I, I think they might have. So. I thought so. Yeah, I don't know if they shot anybody else in the slums, but I think they did kill those people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're told now that the virus is in Great Britain. I guess it went away for a while, mm-hmm. but we're introduced into the the Prime Minister, which is a guy named Alexander Siddig. He was in Star Trek for a while. Forgive me, oh. I don't remember which one. He was in Game of Thrones for a while. Wow. You remember the guy with the spear? He's the guy that plays the Mandalorian. He was in Game of Thrones yeah. for a bit. Um, the Prime Minister in Doomsday plays the Mandalorian's brother. He's, like, always sitting down because I think he's got, like, health problems in the show. But Oh, wow. Yeah, he's in Game of Thrones, which I was thinking about Game of Thrones this whole movie because the director of this movie, Neil Marshall, did a few episodes of Game of Thrones. I do reference Game of Thrones in my notes somewhere. We'll, yeah, and we'll when, get we, there. when we get to it later, I wonder if that was, like, his... I don't remember exactly when Game of Thrones started, but I wonder if that was his, like, audition reel. It's like, well, I made a movie called Doomsday. If you watch the latter half of it, it turns into Game of Thrones. Yeah, I can think I direct, that's when I started. Can I direct like, the Game of Thrones hmm. and bring, you know, the Prime Minister in Doomsday with me? Can I bring him into? Yeah, there wasn't any incest, though. No, disappointed. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Alexander Siddig, I don't remember what his name is as the Prime Minister, but he is informed then that the Reaper virus is back. Mm-hmm. And he brings in Bob Hoskins, and he, he's got, the Prime Minister has a number two. Um, yeah, not poop. He takes a number two. That's like in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Like, I need the firm number two. I'm, I'm such a child. I'm like, hee hee, you said number two. That we, we, we are going through What We Do in the Shadows now, and that just reminds me of the episode we just watched where oh he's, he's trying, uh, Nandor is trying to pick somebody for the Vampire Council as his second in command, and he's like, I need the number two. And Guillermo's <laughs> laughing in the background. He's like, what? I don't understand. What is so funny about me needing a farm number two? <laughs> so you guys have got to watch that show. Yeah, it's hilarious. When, when we started it, I thought, man, this is kind of stupid. But as we kept going, I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Laszlo is the greatest on there, too. Yeah. Um, but yes, his second in command, the prime minister's second in command is like this. I've seen him in stuff before, but when I looked it up, I didn't rec- really recognize anything that I think you would have known him from. Mm. But he's Scottish. He's got like a really deep voice. He yes. talks like this. <laughs> talk like this. He talks like this. He's an old Scottish man. <laughs> talk, 
But uh, he's Scottish, he just exudes evilness. But the Prime Minister brings in Bob Hoskins, and he's like, hey, the Reaper virus is back, Mm -hmm. but we take scans of Scotland, even though we cut it off, we take scans of it all the time, and this is what we saw. And it's a photo of a person, like just a person standing in Mm -hmm. the quarantine zone of Scotland. Bob Hoskins is like, well, people are still alive over there? I thought they all died off, or... Yeah, this is, you know... Long time later. Yeah, 27 years later, people are still living over there in Scotland. So uh, the prime minister is like, there was a doctor named Kane, who was Malcolm McDowell. He's the one that was narrating at the beginning of what happened. Mm -hmm. He was working on a cure in Scotland before all this virus stuff happened. He's like, if people are still alive over there, then maybe Kane actually did come up with the cure because Mm -hmm. people are still there. You know, we thought they were all dead of the virus. And he's a doctor. Yeah. And he was like, but we need a team to go in there. And Bob Hoskins was like, well, the first ha- first little bit of this movie was spent setting up this really badass warrior. So that's who I'm going to pick. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> She's the one. Yeah. And there is also something that they touch upon the prime minister where they are like, well, what do we do to keep everything good? If this virus is back, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, we need to flood. I thought they said the Thames or the Thames. T-H-A-M-E-S. Now, I've got that in my notes. Maybe. I thought it was like a canal. I I don't remember. Yeah. And forgive us. We're we're Americans, so we don't know. Right. I just found out today that Scotland is a country. (laughs) (laughs) No, I knew that. Thankfully. (laughs) No, they're talking about flooding the river to, to keep it's separated from other people that and bob hoskins is like well you can tell people to stay in their homes to not get the virus but they're not going to do that and i'm like mm-hmm. god this is so like today yes yeah <laughs> like quarantine <laughs> that's not gonna happen I, you told me to quarantine to not get this deadly virus but i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna go out and kill some people yeah so he says we're gonna flood this canal in 48 hours at least that's what i got because they give him a 48 hour window they're like, we're going to send a team over into Scotland over this big-ass wall that we constructed. If they're not back or haven't found anything in 48 hours, we'll flood the giant canal. And they or... were like, we'll get the fuck out of here. Yeah. They're like, what? they called it something. Um, it was called the combat triage. Basically leaving everybody to die and then they haul ass out of there. Yes. Yeah, it's this guy, not the prime minister, but this evil guy. I'm look, I'll look at what his name up is here. Um, but he's the big bad evil guy, um, kind of in charge of everything. He, yes, yeah, said that they've got a combat, tri- he says it's combat triage, like we'll leave all these sick to die and save everybody mm-hmm. else. And then the, the, the bad guy, the prime minister, second in command, his name is Canaris, oh. which I didn't hear it very well because no. they didn't say it. They said it a ton, but I couldn't hear it every time they did. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't hear it at all because oh. <laughs> it's a name. Yes. So Bob Hoskins picks up. Rona Mitra, and he he says, well, you know, we're going over the wall. She's been briefed about what's happening, so they take her to this, like, location where her and the other soldiers are getting ready. Mm-hmm. They show him these two, like, RV, not RV, they call them NPCs, I thought they said in the movie. Oh, but maybe. Like, these two tanks. They, yeah, they like look trucks. like a tank, but they're longer. Yeah, one of the guys is like, they move like shit on a shovel. <laughs> I was like, That's funny. Um, and then they have like suits. He showed him these like mech, not mech suits, but these kind of like suits they wear to not get contagious or get sick. And then you're introduced to the, the other people. I mean, I don't, the only guy I recognized was the, the main doctor with the goatee. His name's Sean Pertwee, Pertwee. I'm saying that wrong. I've, I've seen him in different things, but I couldn't come up with what it has been like off the top of my head when I was looking, but 
So yeah, they're all going in, they're getting ready to go in, they're going to go over the wall. The, the main soldier, one of the main soldiers, asks her, asks Rona Mitra if they're going to run into any trouble, or run into people. And she was like, no, I don't think so, is that a problem? Or she's, I think she says, there's a possibility that we might, is that a problem? And I wrote this down only because the guy's reaction is funny, he's like, not at all. <laughs> yeah. He's like smiling, <laughs> So weird when he says it. I'm like, well, this is weird. This guy's got a boner for this. I think he was just trying to be the balls at the moment, you know, like because she comes in, you know, she's the the head person, the head military, yes, lady. So he's all like, well, I'm better. So they do get into the the two. There's two different tanks. They get into them. One's driven by a lady. The other's driven by a kind of. A, I think it was that same guy who's like, not a problem. They. Get, they saw open the wall. There's like a guy with this big, like big ass saw and he's sawing through the door. I'm like, yeah. there's got to be an easier way. I know. Cause I guess they welded it shut. Which... Yeah. Makes I sense, know. I guess. But I guess when they get through it, there's also, he's welding it back. I know. And I was like, well, there's got to be an easier way. And <laughs> because they do some bullshit explanation where he was like, well, how come we can't just fly in? And the prime minister's like, well. There was a movie called Escape from New York where Kurt Russell did that, and we can't do the same thing. Uh, no, he's like, there's a no-fly zone, so you, we, you'll have to go in through the wall. So, yeah, they open it, and then they're driving through. They're in Scotland. They make it, and it, the first little scene you see in Scotland is they pass by it. Well, first off, they pass by a car, and it has a skeleton in it. Oh, yes. But mm -hmm. then they're just driving in pitch black, I guess, because they hit something, and they're all like, well, what? What the hell was that? And the guy yeah. loads a flare up and they shoot it out of the top of its tank and it's just a ton of cows. Like a herd of cows just around. Which you would think that they would have night vision and it kind of looked like they did when they started off. They had I thought like so. that green screen makes me think of night vision. Yeah, the green yeah, but that green effect. They could not see this herd of cows. Yeah, and I was like, Well, how can yeah, they were just driving blind, I guess, because one of the guys gets out to investigate it and he's got like that suit on with the helmet and mm -hmm. so he can breathe and and that's when they shoot the flare up and the guy's like, well, the good news is, is that your tank's fine. But the bad news is, is that your, your warranty on your cow is expired or something like that. I can't remember, but. I thought that was a weird part in the movie. Yeah, it was definitely strange. Um, so they keep going. And the first place they go to look for is the hospital where Kane worked, I guess, because it, it was a little hard to follow, I found. I was like, why are they going here? And mm -hmm. I just kind of pieced it together after, during, but I'm like, this is where he worked, I Right, guess. I wasn't quite sure. Until they got inside, I didn't know where they were because mm -hmm. then they mentioned, oh, we need to start looking for things that Dr. Kane was working on. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and maybe they mentioned it, but I got to tell you, it's kind of difficult. We're still getting used to writing down and watching the movie at the yeah. same time. And, and let me tell you, this was an action movie. Like, yeah. it was just packed with stuff. We even had to pause so I could uh, catch up on typing my notes. And I type pretty fast. So yeah, Ooh, there was a lot going on. So this, going on, this yeah. episode's probably going to be like four hours long. Yeah, we're already 38. Well, I'm not going to put time on it because yeah, no. I'll be like, we're 40 minutes in. And... We have to edit a lot out because we have... <laughs> Several animals. Yeah, when people look at it, I'll be like, we're 45 minutes in, and it's like five minutes in on their time. <laughs> While well, he edited a lot out. <laughs> so, yeah, they go to the hospital. They, they A part of the team gets out and goes in. Um, the drivers are left, like the lady driver of the other tank, and then the male mm -hmm. driver of the second tank are left to watch behind and stuff. So they, which at first I thought they were in one tank. I thought it was just Me the too. guy and a female, the fe female, the lady and the other. Yeah. 
I Me didn't realize too. they were two separate tanks at first. I was like, I felt like an idiot. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, then we're both idiots. No, but so they go into the hospital. This is where I wrote, I noticed that Rona Mitra has an eye patch like Snake Plissken. Some of the soldiers' names that I pointed out to you, I think, at the time as well, but there is a soldier named Miller and a soldier named Carpenter. Carpenter, after John Carpenter, who directed Escape from New York, mm. and Miller, after George Miller, who directed Mad Max. Wow. Yeah. He's using some of his, his stuff. His his inspiration, yeah. Um, so they go up and they're walking through the hospital. I noticed they're in a part of the quarantine or wherever these people were. There's like a lot of bags over these beds where like people were dead in. Right. And one of the soldiers just walks over and like peeks inside this bag with yeah. his, all this blood in it. I'm like, what do you hope to find in there? I don't know. He's, maybe he's curious. Yeah, maybe curious, like, what's in here? Oh, it's blood. It's a ton of blood. <laughs> it's just blood. It's okay. Yeah, so they get onto another floor or whatever, and then one of the soldiers walks around a corner, and this is another part where you jumped, but a Mad Max-looking yeah. cannibal comes around the corner and s- hits this guy in the head with, like, a spiky bat. Yeah, I thought it was, like, a pickaxe or something, but it was something Something. Sharp. Something it might have been, yeah, and you jumped there. Went right in his face. You did, and this is where they all. There's funny. They're standing in this hospital room, and then like a thousand different people keep yeah, coming out of this a room. Ton. I was just like, "Where? What's happening? Like, how big is this room? There's so many people. Yeah, I have no idea. So, yes, they're all running, and then they did set this up at the beginning before they went into Scotland. But she was like, "What kind of grenade is this?" And he's like, "It's a foam grenade." Mm-hmm. So they set it up, but. They're running. The the two vehicles outside the two tanks have to drive off because these crazy people outside are throwing, like, Molotov cocktails at them. Yeah. So they're driving around. And I thought everybody looked kind of like a mix of Braveheart and Mad Max. Yes. Because there were some people that had their faces painted half blue. Yeah, which is funny. The the evil second-in-command, Carteris or whatever his name was, the prime minister second-in-command guy, mm-hmm. was in Braveheart. Hey. I don't remember who he was in that, but he must have been pretty young, too, at the time. But, um, yes. And one thing we did miss out is the second vehicle piloted by the guy. Yes. Uh, there's a lady standing outside before mm. all the shit goes down. Mm-hmm. And he, because he turns on his camera or whatever, and there's just a lady standing outside. And he's and, like, I gotta help her. Yeah, like, are you kidding? So he puts on his suit and runs out there, and this lady passes out, mm-hmm. and he, like, has her in his arms, so he takes her back in. I did write in my notes, I was like, dude, he just opened that tank with the blonde lady sitting in there, and he has to put on, like, a breather. <laughs> Before I realized that they were two different tanks. Two different tanks. I was like, you just opened that vehicle, you're all worried about the contaminated air, you can kill that lady. <laughs> but she's in a second tank, so it's fine. Um, yes, he takes her in, he puts her in, like, this sealed containment unit. Mm-hmm. She wakes up, gets out of the containment unit while they're driving trying to escape the people throwing Molotov cocktails mm-hmm. and she stabs the male driver the guy she she cuts his throat it was all staged yes it was all part of the plan as mm-hmm. the joker would say i mm-hmm. guess but yes she cuts this guy's throat he's still driving yeah while he's choking on his own blood choking to death and then they crash they like run into something and the the zombie lady in the truck like it gets flown back to the back of the truck mm-hmm. and this guy with probably the last ounce of his strength throws a grenade at her and she gives like this look like, ah, oh, she. I love these moments in movies. Like, what? Yeah, when the, they're like, oh, you're going to kill me? Well, I'm going to kill us all. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you'd get me? We're all dead. <laughs> I just love those parts. Yeah. Well, that, so yeah, he kills that zombie girl with his last breath. So that tank gets blown up. And then the, the soldiers in the hospital are running. They get into an elevator, and Rona Mitra is like, 
all right, give me a foam grenade. So she shoots the cable that's holding the elevator up so it drops super quick away from all the people that are trying to kill them. She throws it, the foam grenade in the elevator and it sets off and it like foams all around them so they <laughs> land safely. It's almost a little cartoony for me. You know how the foam just kind of expanded really It was very weird. Really quick. I don't know. It just seemed a little... Um... It, it was just off for me. Just yeah. the whole foam bit. It was very strange. It was very comical. Like something kind of a cartoon. Yeah. Because then they open the door to the elevator and you see him like getting out of it. It's just kind of weird. But And I know they needed a way to get out of it. And that was kind of a unique way of doing it. So. Yeah. Very strange. It was interesting. But they never used those foam grenades again. No. <laughs> you think it would come back. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So they get into the second tank and... They're like all these zombies, people, cannibals, whatever they are. And millions of people. Yeah, are chasing after them. So the second tank, they all get in and they drive off. They're driving down the street and all these people are chasing them. And someone shoots an arrow through the front of the tank, which mm-hmm. you thought that glass would be bulletproof, I guess. Yeah. But, nope. And it shoots through the neck of the lady driver, yes. the female soldier. And, and so she hits something and they fly up and sideways and over and... So everybody has to escape. And this is where I thought it was so cold because the other soldier was like, oh, what, the the lady who was driving, what happened to her? And Rona Mitra is like, she's dead. <laughs> she did check her pulse, so. I guess. But yeah, she's like, oh, she's dead. She's dead. I'm like, oh, well, you know, no compassion. But I guess, you know, she's a badass, whatever. So they're all trying to get out. And this guy named Norton, he's another commander, takes some soldiers and goes with him. I think he takes the younger doctor with him. And then there's another soldier providing fire with Rona Mitra. And the other, the older doctor is trying to escape. So the cannibals overrun them and they kill the young soldier while Norton and the other doctor gets away. And they take the older doctor and Rona Mitra, Eden, they take them hostage. Mm -hmm. And that's when it cuts. And when Eden wakes up, she is in like a cell. And they have her tied up by her wrists, which I thought... Which I know this is weird because I, I noticed very weird things. Yeah. But her armpits were just like she got them waxed or something. There Maybe. Was, there was no stubble. There was no hair. I mean, she was like, I'm ready for this shot. I'm going to wax my armpits. Well, it's 27 years after 20 or 2008, so maybe armpit hair just doesn't grow anymore. Or maybe she just got it lasered. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I would love that. I'm sure there's behind the scenes thing where people are like, we don't want to see any hair, so wax it or whatever. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so she's being tortured and there's a lady with like face tattoos in there and they're asking her like, where did you come from? And And they were like, well, get her ready for soul. S O L. We thought we were saying we thought it was saying soul, but they were saying soul. (laughs) (laughs) Not soul, but soul. That's like my heel and heel. (laughs) Yeah, your accent. Not there, there. Um, so soul comes in. He's this guy. I thought I'd seen this dude before. He seems so familiar, but I had not. He he hasn't really been in anything. But his soul. He's soul. He's like a skinny bald man with like this big yellow mohawk and he's got mm-hmm. scars all over him and runny mascara <laughs> yeah craig conway is his name yeah i looked him up because i was like man i have seen this guy before but i just hadn't unless he's been in something small that i just missed but he comes in and he's asking her like he starts punching her he's just punching her and he's like yeah. oh i'm sorry oh i'm so sorry and he punches her in the face or punches her in the stomach and yeah 
he's like, where did you come from? And she doesn't say anything. And he keeps punching her. And then she says she came from over the wall. And he was like, oh, Cain told us that there was nobody over the wall. He said that we were like the last people left. And he was like, that liar. This guy comes in with like a little torture cart. He rolls it in and he's got like a little baby doll hanging on it. Do they ever use it? They don't. I know. I think it was just intimidation. It was just weird. Yeah, it was very weird because Sol has the guy come in and then she tells him like we're from over the wall and he's asking like what they did, why they came and... Yeah, and another, not to interrupt you, but another weird thing is that there's a guy in full body latex. The gimp. (laughs) Yeah, he he looks like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. In the corner, and I'm like, well, this is kinky. (laughs) Yeah, no, he looks like the gimp from Pulp Fiction, the guy in the the crate in the back there, where he's like, bring out the gimp. (laughs) Yeah, he's just in the corner enjoying the show, I guess. So, so leaves her after he gets what he wants and you know he goes out and he puts on this show for the his cannibal people Mm -hmm. which is is just bizarre he comes out dancing like the blues brothers to this music he's like oh cannibals we haven't got there yet i've been saying cannibals this whole time but he puts on a show again this is like he's got two strippers dancing and i was like it's quick cuts like just like Cut, 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 yeah. cut scene, and then it just keeps cutting to these women's ass. Yeah, it It's does. like, but, 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 I mean, but, but. I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it. But it's just, I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting cranky in my older age where I'm just <laughs> like, I have to show that? I have to show that? I'm turning into my dad. Which I kind of wish they would have done like a little bit more dancing. I like the show. I mean, not stripping, like taking your clothes off. But yeah. The show of dancing and all yeah. that. but. They, it was cutting too much. I couldn't really... It was really, real quick, yeah. really so, couldn't get a good idea. So they do that, and then they bring out these guys that are, like, dancing in kilts. And they do these, like, weird kind of, like, can-can, like, dun 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 <laughs> So the show is over, and Soul comes, is out, and he gives, like, a speech. And basically he says that, like, they rejected Kane. They turned on Kane and, mm-hmm. and went their own way. And they said, fuck you. Yes, he said, fuck you. And like, woo yeah, Kane. Yeah, woo. And then they bring out the the doctor that they kidnapped. And this guy is on like the, he's like strung up and he says, gives like a speech or whatever. But he was like, who's hungry or whatnot. Yeah. And everybody was holding up paper plates. Were they? I miss that. (laughs) It's weird. I'm like, where'd you get paper plates? Yeah. So they light this fire underneath this doctor and this guy burns up pretty damn quick. And they focus on it so much. They focus on you him think it screaming. Was too much? I do, yeah. yeah. I don't know if this was just because of the R-rated version, but yeah, they focus on him. He's burning up, and then once he's dead, they cut off his head, and then they start cutting pieces of meat off of him and passing yeah. it around. That was gross. It was so messed up. And it, it, it I mean, okay. So this is my brain because I think a lot, and it kind of looked like they were cutting pork. If I had it, because they were, of course, they can't cut human flesh are you right? telling me that wasn't real humans <laughs> yeah right so i think it was pork <laughs> if i had to guess because it wasn't like cow meat yeah it wasn't beef <laughs> pork <laughs> i'm still gonna believe that it was uh, possibly real humans but um yeah no it it was it, it goes on for a long time they're cutting this meat and yes you're right it is like pork or whatever and they're handing it out to people eating and Blech. They burnt the shit out of this meat, which if I was a cannibal, I'd be like, hey, don't don't burn the shit out of it. Yeah, and it was it was just a couple seconds. Yeah. So it shouldn't have been cooked so well. I, I don't know. They bought that. So there's a Simpsons where Mo, or, uh, Mo buys like a flash fryer, and he's like, this thing could cook a buffalo in 30 seconds. <laughs> 
So maybe that's, that's the same thing. Yeah. It was just a flash fryer. Flash fryer, yeah. So okay. they're handing out meat. And then um, the, the tattooed lady is like Soul's second in command. She's around. She's all over this part where she's with Soul and mm-hmm. eating the meat and stuff like that. And you think she's like a big character. And then it cuts back to Rona Mitra and like the warden or the prisoner who's watching over her like hands her meat. And he's like, hey, tell me how your partner tastes. Oh, yuck. And yeah, hands her the meat, like burnt as shit. Yes. And I'd be like, why is it burnt? I mean, you couldn't do medium rare. <laughs> medium rare, man. Come on. You, I don't like well done. You well done. There's no no self-respecting chef Jeez. would would cook this human meat well done. <laughs> so she's like, wait, come here. And this is where she pulls at his yeah, um, earring. Earring that's attached to his nose. It's kind of got a chain. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, she pulls out his earring on his nose. That's the chain. And. I was like, I thought I only saw it attached to his ear. So I'm like, why is this guy all acting all strange? Because she's just pulling on. She asks him to come to the cell door mm-hmm. and she grabs him. And that's when she has the earring. And I'm like, well, yeah, it'll hurt. But why are you acting like all fucking scared and stuff? But she's like, now open the door quietly. And he puts the key in and opens it. And, and you had to tell me that she broke his neck because I thought she just pulled the earring out. Yeah, no. I was like, she just killed I mean, that she guy? She did. Yeah. She pulled the earring out. She followed through. and But then she broke his neck. Okay, yeah. Well, that makes more sense. And then, yeah, she kills a couple of other people. And mm-hmm. that's when the tattoo face lady comes in. And you're like, oh shit, there's gonna be a huge fight. But yeah. she quickly, like, there. Well, I they, guess we they should were say sword fighting. They were sword fighting. Yeah, the yeah. the tattoo lady pulls a sword out, and Ronamitra gets something to block it and stuff. And we should say there's a younger lady in the cell next to Ronamitra's, which I call her neighbor. I'm not sure who she is. So I don't know what her name is. Throughout yeah. the rest of this, I'm gonna call neighbor Rona's neighbor. Okay, that works for me. <laughs> yeah. So, but before the tattoo lady comes in, she's like, please. You gotta help me. And then the tattoo lady comes in and they start fighting. Mm-hmm. And then neighbor grabs the tattoo lady like the, the tattooed back woman. Of her head. Yeah, the tattooed woman like gets knocked back on the jail cell and neighbor grabs her head. And then Rona Mitra just decapitates her. Yes. Yeah, she cuts her head right off. Ugh. And again, it's just visceral. It's very it's very crazy. And mm-hmm. then neighbor is like holding her head still for the longest time and she just lets it go. Yeah. <laughs> But neighbor's like, hey, if you're escaping, please come. let me come with you. And she's like, why should I ever let you out? And she's like, I can take you to find Kane because mm-hmm. I'm his daughter. And she was like, oh, okay, well, sure. You. She's like, if you're lying to me, you will wish that I left you. So they escape. The other soldier, Norton, and the younger doctor have all been running this entire time. They're trying to get in contact with Rona Mitra. So when she escapes from Seoul, she gets back in contact with him. And Kane's daughter, neighbor... <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> neighbor says. Well, we've got to go to this train. So Norton and the younger doctor are rushing to get to this train to meet Rona Mitra. And mm-hmm. that's when, yes, there's this guy in this bus, which the sign on this big city bus says out of fucking service. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's that's pretty funny. funny. They're trying to run him down and <laughs> they're rushing to get to this train. Rona Mitra, uh, neighbor, and they meet up with this other guy. Who is like, he comes out with a bow and arrow and he's like getting ready to shoot Rona Mitra. Neighbor's like, no, 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 no. She's, she's cool. She's cool. So they get on the train and the train starts. And that's when Norton and the younger doctor get around the corner Mm -hmm. and start running. And Norton quickly gets on the train, but you realize the younger doctor like falls. And there's a really funny scene where this motorcycle guy is like rushing at him, but he hits a barrier in the train yes. and he goes flying over. And breaks his neck. Yeah, breaks his neck. It's 
crazy shit. They're all chasing them in this tunnel. So Ronimitra realizes that the younger doctor isn't going to make it, so there's another motorcycle guy quickly on his heels, so she gets off the train, runs towards him. Mm-hmm. She stands in the, to the side of the wall with, like, this big axe or whatever, and as he gets closer, she's like, duck. The younger doctor ducks, and she takes this motorcycle guy right out. Yeah. And then, so they're both running. The younger doctor gets on the train, and then Rona Mitra is running. And I said, like, this went on for so long because Norton is like, get on the train. She's like, <laughs> She's like come on. <laughs> get on. I'm like, just get on the train. She's just running her ass off. Yeah, I know. I think it was just, it was done for suspense, but I'm like, get on the fucking train. <laughs> I'm like, I knew she had to get on there. I mean, well, yes. but She's I, the main character. That's the silly thing. Is like, if you know that they're going to get on, why would you drag it out? But right. it, it just no. thought it was funny. She's yeah. shown trying to get on this train for like five minutes. That was a little weird. So they take the train as far as they can go. They stop and they get off and walk on foot. Is this, don't they go through some tunnels? Yeah, uh, they go through like a, it looks like a mine. Yeah, it looked like a mine. There was a name for it, which I didn't look up to see if it was really something. Because it's like, we later find out it's like a storage unit. Yes. Um, but they go through it. They come out the other side, and they're walking. It's like the forest, and then this big... They they hear a sound. The neighbor and her male her male friend are like, oh my god, it's it's Kane's executioner. It's Telemon. Telemon. Ah. And well, Rona Mitra is like, well, we came here to find Kane, so because they're all like, we should get out of here. And she's like, well, I'm not going to run. And then these guys in Honest, this is where we take a trip into Game of Thrones country. These guys in Honest to Goodness Game of Thrones, like armor yes. riding horse, horses come out. <laughs> I mean, this guy had full head to toe armor. And also the neighbor's friend, the guy friend, while they were running, he got shot with an arrow. And I'm guessing he was killed because he never comes right. back through the anything. So... That was sad. That's correct. Yeah, okay. I, that makes sense because, yes, yeah, people come and go and you just don't even notice. Yes, yeah. he gets shot and you don't see him. There's just so much going on. And then they keep showing this weird, like, the young scientist guy, part of the group, and neighbor, the Kane's daughter. They keep showing mm-hmm. them, like, together. When he gets on the train, he, like, falls on top of her and they give, like, a weird look at each other. And I'm yeah. like, oh, here we go. Love like, story. Oh, here. They're going to fall in love. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, they keep showing him weird. So, yes, they get captured by Telemann. The king's executioner, or Kane's executioner, uh, all these like they all try to run away, but all these different guys on horses come out and take mm-hmm. them, and they all get <laughs> arrested, I guess, tied up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it cuts to them being like they're got their hands bound and they're walking, and the horses are like kind of taking them. They're walking side by a horse. They're walking by the horses, you know, they're kind of dragging them along. So they get and there's this big castle. It's pretty. It, it's very pretty. Yeah, I guess Kane. Loved Game of Thrones yes. <laughs> and was like, I'm going to live out Game of Thrones here I'm now. I'm going to have my castle. And he talks about how strong it is, you know. Yeah. It's built to last. Yes. Yeah, Later absolutely. On. So they, they get to the castle. They're brought in and they were like, we need to meet Kane. And, you know, the daughter gets taken away. Neighbor gets taken away for mm-hmm. leaving. So she's like, I need to see Kane. They go into the castle, the main part of the castle where Malcolm McDowell, Kane, is sitting and you finally yes. get to see him. And he was like, why have you guys come here? And he was like, you're idiots. He gives a big speech. And this is when he reveals, they're like, we need a cure. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. Reaper virus is back. We came here. You obviously figured out a cure because all of you are still alive. Right. And he was like, no. He's like, we are all immune. 
He was like, yeah. we, he gives like a whole Darwin speech of survival of the fittest. Like <laughs> we all survive because we're immune to the virus. There's no cure. We're immune. And then, yes, it goes back to London and the prime minister and his people are watching. It's getting really bad. Like the virus is yeah, spreading quickly. People are like dying in the streets. Mm-hmm. Shows a zombie like eating a person or whatever, killing somebody. Mm-hmm. And it cuts down to like the, the main floor, like the lobby of the prime minister wherever they're at right. but there's this zombie cannibal reaper virus guy killing all these people with like an axe or whatever mm-hmm. they never really specify like if this makes you stupid so but it's so funny because the guy's trying to get into the elevator to go up to the prime minister and it's like please insert your hand so he cuts the hand off of the guy the main guy in the lobby mm-hmm. and he puts the severed hand up and it was like Please insert retinal scanner. So he cuts this dude's head off and puts it up to the retinal scanner so he gets into the elevator. Which I thought was a little much. I mean... It was it was kind of funny, but I'm just like, wow, I guess these zombies are like super smart. <laughs> so he gets up there and like Bob Hoskins is, you know, talking with him. He, he's just like, oh, what, what are we going to do? And they're like, well, we haven't heard anything from them. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it goes forward, we're going to have to flood this and... So this zombie comes around the corner, and the prime minister is, like, put behind this barrier, but the barrier is, like, closing very slowly. The doors are coming together. So this dude, zombie dude, is rushing the prime minister, and Bob Hoskins is behind him and pulls a gun out, and he shoots the zombie guy and doesn't do anything, shoots him again in, like, the back of the head, and the blood sprays all over the prime minister before Mm -hmm. the doors close. Which I thought was weird, because if somebody's running towards you, like, it's instinct to move out of the way. He's just standing there. But he's just standing there. I mean, I know there's doors closing, Mm -hmm. but still, is it going to close in time? Is he going to get in? Because if he wasn't shot, he could probably get in. Yeah, I I don't know. He It's, again, just something that has to happen for the movie, but I I thought it was very strange. He's just like... He's just standing there the whole time. He's basically like that guy in Austin Powers when the steamroller's coming at him. It's like, no, <laughs> very slowly. He's the zombies coming at him, and he's like, no, <laughs> zombies still running, no. So, Carteris, and if I change the name of this guy, forgive me, but anyway, the second in command, the evil looking guy, is like, quarantine the prime minister immediately. He's, he's mm-hmm. infected. And then it just cuts to the prime minister loading a gun, and he just shoots himself in the head. Yeah, like he's he's like, I'm not even going to go through this. I'm not even going to see if maybe I'm not infected. Well, and he's probably um, just figured they're going to kill him anyway. Yeah, probably so, because Carteris wants to be in command. Yeah. Yes. Because he said that that's what's going to happen, is like, if they get a cure, you know, if Rona Mitra is successful, they will wait a bit let people die, you know, more, Mm -hmm. and then they'll come out and be the heroes of it. But they will wait for some time before they come out with the vaccine. Because it's very important that they are the heroes. They come out as the good guys. He's like, because he says at the beginning of the movie, this is pretty much our fault. He's like, we put all these people together in these slums, and it was only Mm -hmm. a matter of time before these people got infected. It's just a breeding ground for a virus. Yes. So we cut back then to the castle, and Kane, his daughter, is being tortured for leaving. Yeah, oh my gosh. They're heating up an iron spike and like they hold it to her body. Yeah, that's... That was very painful to watch. And they they called it getting cleansed. Oh, I see. Okay, well that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, it makes total sense. You get (laughs) cleansed by a hot poker. 
Yeah, well, well, <laughs> Rona Mitra then is going to be, she's put in one-on-one combat, and she's waiting in, like, this little holding area before she goes out into the castle grounds, and Kane is standing there with her. She's just like, well, what about all these people? And she's like, I can't believe that you're getting up and not going to help the people or, you know, work on a vaccine or whatever. Malcolm McDowell is like, I lost my wife and I lost my, my family when mm. the virus struck. Right. And so when she's standing there, Rona Mitra is like, well, you've, you're selfish. Have you ever thought about trying to find your wife? And he was like, they're dead. And he's like, he's like, you don't even know what I've lost. He's like, have you even lost anything? He's like, you don't even know what it's like to lose something. And I'm like, Dude, it's the virus has taken over. I'm sure even if you don't know anything about this woman, I'm sure somebody has lost something. Exactly. The world is a shit show right now. Everybody's lost in this yeah. point. <laughs> He's like, well, I lost my family. You haven't lost anything. I'm like, uh, this virus has killed however many millions of people. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Jeez. I just thought that was funny. It was like, well, you don't know what it's like to lose something. Like, <laughs> how do you know that? Like, you're right. My life is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you see this eye? It just comes in and out. You think I got that just because I wanted it? Like, well, I see you've lost your eye. That's my Malcolm McDowell impersonation. Which Malcolm McDowell, he was he's famous for um, Clockwork Orange. It was a number of things. He was in a Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. You're shaking your head. We'll have to watch that. No idea what that Directed means. by Stanley Kubrick and... Um, Kubrick. <laughs> I said it weird. Kubrick. <laughs> Um, he's also in the Halloween movies with Rob Zombie. He plays Loomis oh. and, uh, but he's, he's just been in a ton of stuff, Okay. but yeah, he plays the cane. And so he's like, well, you're, you know, you're going to be judged now. So Rona Mitra goes into the courtyard and this big ass soldier, it, it reminded me of the mountain from game of Thrones, that really big ass dude. Well, it was the executioner. The... It, that was him. Yeah. Telemon. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. I don't know if they said his name when she goes out there, but I was just like, well, it's a big ass dude. So she fights this guy. Uh, she's <laughs> punching him. I thought it was really funny when, when she walked out there and she saw this big executioner. She went, bullocks. Yeah. That, Which that's I'm probably a, not saying it right. That's American version. Bollocks. Bullocks. I think that means. Oh, shit. Balls. Oh, balls. I, I think because there's a Sex Pistols album called Nevermind the Bollocks. I always thought that meant like. Balls. She's looking at Shelly's looking it up right now. Here, please hope that that is correct. Says another term for steer. How'd you spell it? (laughs) Probably wrong. Yeah, no. (laughs) So yes, it's a slang for testicles, but it also says slang for contempt, annoyance, or defiance. Okay. Because, yeah, there was there was some funny slang in here. Um, Bob Hoskins, when they talk about at the beginning of the movie when the virus is back, Bob Hoskins is like, well, if you don't get these people out here, there's going to be fuck all you can do about it. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. I was like, that's so cool. That is. Uh, so I'm going to start saying that now. Fuck all you can do. But like, well, I have a doctor's appointment today, but I can't because I have to work. So that's fuck all I can do. <laughs> I don't know, it just when you say it in an accent like that, it just sounds so much and, better. And you're so good at it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all. That's how you're going to say I'm not even saying it. I'm saying like <laughs> F-E-C-K. Fuck all. <laughs> is, is that like a legal way to cuss? I guess. I don't know. You're, you're saying it, but legal. you're not. Like it's illegal? <laughs> yeah, because it's totally illegal. It's illegal to cuss. So, yes, the big executioner guy comes out and Rona Mitra's fighting him. Um, she's punching his armor with, she's just hit yeah. it, kicking and punching him, which I'm sure doesn't do anything. I'm like, that would probably shatter your hand. Yeah, probably so. But, um, she just keeps going. 
she gets a uh, weapon. I don't remember how she gets a weapon from him. Right. Yeah. And during this time, um, before she gets a weapon, the three people. Norton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Norton, neighbor, and no man. <laughs> no man. <laughs> all ends. All the ends. They escape. Uh, yes, they're escaping. They get out. Because there's like a another guy who's an asshole. He's like the third in command or whatnot. He's a real asshole and and Norton takes him and throws him in the prison cell and they all get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Ronamitra, she is fighting the the executioner while this is happening and they're getting out. Um, but Ronamitra gets like some weapon or an axe or something. Yeah, there was like a guard of some sort just sitting close to the pit. Yes, And she okay. was able to kind of run up at the wall a little bit and grab his leg and pull him down. Gotcha. Okay. Now it's coming back to me. We wa- This is the first time we watched this yesterday. Usually we watch it on the same day and then we'll come back here and talk about it. So, um, but, but then afterwards we're like spent because we're exhausted. <laughs> We've done like four or five hours of movies. <laughs> um, That's like, I feel like I'm talking a little bit more on this one. I think it's because I feel a little more lively. Well, this is what we'll have to do then. Yeah. So if you ever hear us and uh, we're like, what happened? What's this movie about? <laughs> we watched it two days ago. I don't know. Yeah. So, so Rona Mitra, um, she like damages the the guy and the executioner, and he's mm-hmm. on the ground, and she stabs him through the head with the axe. Yeah. And um, Malcolm McDowell is like, "Well, this is bullshit, shooter." And this guy with the arrow, I wrote it takes him forever. He's like drawing it. I know. Drawing <laughs> he's got it. A... Slow motion. He says a little prayer before it. Draw it. Draw it. <laughs> says a hail, says four Hail Marys. And then he gets shot. The guy with the arrow gets killed, and it's Norton. He has a gun, and he shot this guy. Yes. Woo. So, yeah. And they all get out. They escape. As they're running, Kane's daughter, uh, Kane yells to his daughter. He's like, hey, or whatever her name is. He doesn't call her neighbor. 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 <laughs> hey, neighbor. The guy next to him's like, what? <laughs> He said, hey, neighbor, I am your neighbor. What? <laughs> but yes, he's like, neighbor. And she turns around and looks at him and she just runs. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? You think she's going to stay? You fucking yeah. had her tortured and burned. You had and... her cleansed. Yeah. And sadly, that's all of Malcolm McDowell. Like I, I was writing at the end of this yeah, movie. And I was is. like, he's going to come back in some way. But that's it. He's out of the movie. Yeah, because it goes to his, um, I guess his second in command or whoever that guy is yeah the guy that gets thrown in the jail cell yes or whatever not the knight but but there is another guy yes as a second in command but i figured malcolm mcdowell's like you only had me for four days <laughs> like ryan reynolds in the movie criminal i will only be here for four days four days and after that i am done you can only get me to do so much on this fucking movie <laughs> no the fucking fucking movie <laughs> You gotta practice it. This fucking movie. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. So they escape, and then they run back to the tunnels that they got through beforehand. And um, they Norton shuts the gate, locks it, closes mm-hmm. it, and they go down into the tunnels. And then that's when Kane's like other guy. The, he's not. He wasn't the big ass knight, but he was another guy. Yeah, I don't and know. And he was like, get in there. So the the other knights that are with that dude cut a tree down and start like knocking the gate down. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was a little, I don't, I guess it's 
It was a little prehistoric, I guess, but I guess that's the times that they're living in. They're pretending it's like, yeah, medieval times, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so they needed something to... Which, now that I'm thinking about it, is like, did they all agree to this? Like, did they come to Kane and he was like, all right, you can all stay with me, but we all have to pretend that it is medieval times. Because if I was making the movie... I would have, I'm sure they had some kind of chain or rope with them. Maybe. That they could have tied around the the gate mm-hmm. and then pulled it with their horse. That's true. I don't know if they had, if, if they thought it through like that. But yeah, yeah. It, it just makes me laugh too. Because at the beginning when Malcolm McDowell is narrating it, he's talking about society crumbling. He's like, society crumbled. It was like medieval times. <laughs> no. I love the way he says it. He's like, Meta. me, medieval uh, times. <laughs> and... um so I don't know if that was foreshadowing that he's living in medieval times when they find him. But again, it just makes me wonder. That he was like, yes, you can all stay in my castle. But have you ever been to my favorite restaurant, Medieval Times? <laughs> That's how I want to live. I'm the king, of course. <laughs> you like, are all my subjects. It's like The Walking Dead and that um, guy with the tiger. Oh, uh, yes, Ezekiel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, has, he creates his own. The kingdom or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But it just, yeah, when you think about it, it doesn't all make sense. Where he's like, well, you got, you over there, you're seven foot tall, so you will be my executioner. Yes. He's like, oh, well, I think kill people? Yes, that's how this works. <laughs> you get a cool name. Called you get some badass armor. Telemon. <laughs> well, actually, my name is John. <laughs> no, no, Telemon it is. Telemon. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Can I go by John when I'm not working? No, no, nope. Telemon. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Telemon, I can't hear you. Your name is what? Telemon. <laughs> Please say something to me, Telemon. It's like, my, my name's Telemon. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still John, though, on the inside. No. Okay, Telemon. Do you want to be the executioner, or do you want to wipe up the shit of the horses? <laughs> John wipes up shit. John wipes up shit. Telemon is my badass second-in-command executioner. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably choose executioner. And then they bring his daughter in, and she's like, Okay, now, Jane, you will now be called neighbor. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just the him becoming mad with power. But then she was probably like, well, this, the, I've got to get out of here. That's when she leaves. Oh, yes. That's when she's probably like, Father, I'm back. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> she's like, I'm not your fucking neighbor. I'm Jane. He's like, neighbor. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) got off topic there. Yes, Malcolm McDowell's madness, the madness of Malcolm McDowell. Uh, Yes, they go back into the tunnels that they came in to get in there, and they put they turn the power back on in the tunnels, and that's when they find out there's like all this like Like storage, shit ton of crates and boxes and Mm -hmm. everything. Yes, storage boxes and stuff and rona mitra finds like a uh, like a list of everything that's in there so she's like oh we got the power back on and she goes open this crate right here and then they open it and it's a very nice looking bentley oh it's so beautiful you, yeah even i who don't doesn't really appreciate cars you could tell that it was a very nice yeah. car i mean i would have preferred a different color yeah like what what would you have wanted on your car if you ordered it Blue. Like it was in a blue color? Yeah, with sparkles. See, I like black. I, my car I have now is black, and I think it's just sleek. Yeah, I do. And did you just say sparkles? <laughs> I just caught that. I was waiting. I'm like, come on, he's going to say something. I was like, oh, blue. Okay, sparkles? Yeah, they have to have sparkles. All right. All or right. purple with sparkles. Purple with sparkles. All right. Well, I would go more respectable. 
<laughs> with just a sleek black. I basically would take the same car, but sure, you're classy, okay? <laughs> you're so fucking classy. If we had the money to afford one of those, I wouldn't give a shit either and have it my own color. <laughs> so yeah, she has a Bentley, and she's like, "Gas it up, we're getting out of here." And I was like, "It's 27 years. Does that car? Would that car even still work?" Like, yeah, I don't think it would I've, turn over right at the right No, away. they would have to like charge. Now, if they had a scene of them like jumping it, maybe. Yeah, they, the battery would probably I be dead. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I'm and, so proud of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like 27 years and that car just starts right up. They they gas it up and get in and get out, but um and then Rona Mitra, we we kind of didn't talk about it, but she was given a GPS when she came in, mm-hmm. and the tattooed face lady who gets decapitated destroys it. Yes. So when they're in these tunnels, Rona Mitra finds like a GPS. Like she opens up a crate, and there's like thousands of GPSs in like, like boxes. Phones. Yeah, phones. Yeah. So she pulls that out. They get into the Bentley and they take off. Norton gets murdered. Yes. And he was such a uh... good dude. I really hated that. Yeah, he he's running towards the car when they're trying to get out, and then and they yeah, make eye contact. Just I mean, you could just kind of tell that he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna die. You you just get the fuck out of here." <laughs> and if you didn't read that in his eyes, the three arrows in his back said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Hey, I don't know if you saw these three arrows, but I'm gonna die." Yeah, he's like, "There's no hope for me if you can't tell." <laughs> And then Rona's well, like, she's kind of, her eyes are turning a little glassy. She's mm-hmm. getting a little teary because she knows he's not going to make it because it's completely obvious. He's got three arrows in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he dies, and then they drive out, and then the doors shut behind them so the bad, the other guys can't come after them. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to, like, a different movie now almost because they're driving on the road. and Yes, they're, like, hauling ass. Yeah, they're hauling ass. This movie's been kind of like a, gray, like a gray color throughout the whole thing, kind of like a gray, sad, depressed. And then, like, the sun is up. It's like a... That's it looks right. like the Transformers movies. If you've ever seen it, the Transformers movie have kind don't, of like a yellowish tinge. Don't mess with the Transformers <laughs> movies. I know what you think about them. I don't care for them, yes, but I was saying it looks like them in the color. Like if you watch a Transformers movie, Michael Bay, the director, has a very stylized look where it's yellowish. And so that's just what I was saying. It looks yellowish now. But they're driving and this police car comes up behind them and you laughed at that when they're driving and the police shows yes, up. Yes, because I thought that's just like... You know, modern times. You know, you're speeding down a highway and here comes a fucking cop car. Yeah. Um, I, so I think before the cops show up, though, she calls, Rona Mitra calls Carteris or whatever. And she was like, we have the cure. Follow that. She plugs the phone yes. into the car and it just and it turns works, on immediately. Of course. Like if you ever have a dead phone and you plug it into your car, it's she like. She didn't have to set it up. She didn't have to, you <laughs> no, know, I didn't think of that either, call but... customer service. But if my phone's dead and I plug it in, it's like. You gotta wait like a bit before it's ready to even use. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she plugs the dead phone in or dead phone into the <laughs> car that works immediately because it's a magical car, I guess. Well, and she calls Carteris and she's like, "We've got the cure. Track this and come and get us and track this phone." And Carteris is like, "Well, let's go." And then yes, the police car comes up behind them. There's like all this action that happens. People mm-hmm. like this big bus comes up again and. Um, yeah, she shoots the tires. The front. She kind of does a 180 and shoots the tires. 
out on mm-hmm. the police car. And then <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, oh, okay, good. Now they can get away. Mm-hmm. But no. So I had a question in this part, and you could probably answer it better, but could a cop car catch up to a sports car like that? Cop cars, they're pretty fast. Okay, so the cop car in the movie? Mm-hmm. No. But I would think normal cop cars? Yeah. Yes. Okay. They're pretty <laughs> fast. The cop car in the movie is like a... Shitbox. I don't know, like a fucking sedan or something. Yeah. And it just... I think it even probably had a hatchback. I can't remember. That's just kind of what I'm envisioning. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know how it caught up with them. But uh, everyday cop car... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're going to catch up with All you. All right, well, that, that makes sense then. So, um, yes, the cop car goes off a cliff, and I thought it was very James Bondy because this yeah. it's slow motion, this cop car falling. And i got to give it to him. It looks like they really drove a car off a cliff. And, yeah, it was, it was so pretty this, good. We were still in that era before CGI completely took over where they were actually doing stunts. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. But, um, yes, so the cop car goes off, and you think they're okay, but then Saul and his other people show up. And I didn't notice it for the longest time, but Saul has the tattooed lady in his seat next yes. to him while he's driving, and her head is taped back onto her body. It's duct taped. <laughs> it's fucking crazy shit. <laughs> Which I don't think would be possible, but you know, again. I Yeah, who knows? I've never decapitated I've... <laughs> and tried to tape it back on. I've never tried it. And I think I it wouldn't work. Don't ever want to have to try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they're all chasing, like people are jumping on the, the Bentley and the... The young scientist guy who's kind of, they never really say that there's like a, a love relationship between the scientist mm-hmm. and, and neighbor, but uh, he's getting like hit and people are jumping in and getting shot off the car. and Yeah, there um, are just people trying to get into this Bentley. Yeah, I, I don't know how far Mad Max Fury Road was into production. I know it took him a long time to make it, but this reminded me of Mad Max, the, the last Mad Max, the Fury Road, where they're driving with Charlize Theron. Mm. I don't think they would have known that Fury Road was being made at the time, even if it had been started. But I know it took forever when for them to make that movie. But people jumping in the car and getting shot off and mm-hmm. stuff reminds me of that last chase in Fury Road. So then Soul jumps out of his car on top of theirs, the Bentley. And that his car that he was in crashes, and the tattooed lady, that's when the car, like, hits something, and the tattooed lady's head comes off. Yes. It, like, rolls in front of her. <laughs> I was like, because I, I was like, is that the tattooed lady? Is she alive? And then that's when you realize it was taped. Yes, that was weird. Yeah, so Soul's on there. He's trying to pull people out and stuff, and he gets on top of the car. That bus that said out of fucking order or mm-hmm. out of fucking service is in front of them, and it parked like, sideways so they can't get around it yeah yep. these people in the bus are throwing like buzz saws or like the saws saw blades at them yes because i guess when they pop the things down it makes a little ramp when they pop the sides down the sides go down and that's why rona mitra speeds up with the bentley oh. she ramps it through the bus and soul okay. is on top of it and then soul it blows up and then soul was on top and he gets decapitated by the top yes, of the bus because his is- head yeah. flies and hits the camera yeah we're both like ah, it's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he gets decapitated and it's like ah, <laughs> um, and then all the people just stop they're like oh shit saul's yeah. dead that's it we're done there's no reason to keep chasing him i guess no alliance that, here that never makes sense in the movies no. just like our leader's dead let's stop okay bye <laughs> <laughs> So then Rona Mitra's driving, and then Carteris shows up, and I guess the no-fly zone over the Scotland is dead because they just show up in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. It 
There was no fly zone. Yeah. There was no no fly zone. No, no fly zone. <laughs> so he gets out and Rona Mitra gets out of the Bentley and she, which was, is beat the shit up, which hard to see. Hard yes. to see that car get the shit kicked oh, out of it. It was so sad. She turns on her little recording device on her hand, which she does when she uses her eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she walks up to Carteris and he's like, where's the cure? She's like, it's right here. This girl is immune. You could use her blood or you could find a vaccine from it. And Carteris is like, this is where he says it again. He's like, well, we'll have to hold on to it. He's like, let these, let a lot of more people have to die, and then we'll come in with the vaccine. Yeah, God, and he's an like, asshole. so yeah, he's like, we'll come in quite some time later, but we will. And then the the young scientist guy that's there with him, he's like, he's like, this isn't the end. He's like, we we've done this. So many people have died for all this. We can't just let this guy get away. And Rona Meacher's like. Well, this is the end. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is I've got nothing else left to bar- bargain yeah. with. This is it. She's like, I've done my job. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah, and he's like, I can't believe that you. This was just a job to you. I'm like, well, that's what she got hired for. Yeah, <laughs> she's not getting paid, but you know. Yeah, I'd like to see that because yeah, she's like, yeah. When they got hired, they said, "Do you want to work this job?" They didn't say, "Do you want to work this charity case?" Nope. <laughs> so yes, and she's like, well, you got to take the scientist with him with you because. They haven't. This movie hasn't really shown it very well, but I think there's a love story happening between him and the and mm-hmm. neighbor. So they gotta go to together. Maybe in this. Maybe if there's deleted scenes, it will show them actually being together or whatnot. But yeah, there's just kind of them holding each other, like kind of cuddling together a little mm-hmm. bit in the back seat. And so sweet. So you get a little bit of it. I mean, it doesn't force it down your throat, which I guess is nice. But, yeah. Um. So the young scientist and neighbor get into the big chopper and they fly off and Rona Mitra because Carteris is like do you want to come with us and Rona Mitra is like no and he's like well that's a shame I could have used ya <laughs> she's like I don't want any part of your dumbass yes and so they fly off Rona Mitra's in there and then she gets into her Bentley and drives off mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to Rona Mitra's childhood home. She found it. Yeah. Yeah, she's sitting in there, and she has a picture of her and her mom. That's so sweet. I thought the mom was actually going to be in the movie. I thought she's going to find her. I was hoping that. Mm-hmm. But it it just... I mean, you got to think, if it's 27 years, what, her mom would have been, like, in her 50s or something? Maybe? Maybe not at the beginning. I mean, my parents were in their 30s when they had me, so they'd be in their 50s then, now, yeah. 60s. So. I guess it just depends. But, I mean, they never really say it, but I guess that she just died. Yeah. They n- never come back, but she never finds her mom. But she's sitting in her childhood home, and she's looking at their photo of her and her mom, mm-hmm. and Bob Hoskins comes in. Just wanders on in like yeah. he's, it's his home, too. <laughs> she's like, ring the goddamn doorbell. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you knock first? He's like, well, I'm sorry this house was burnt to shit. I thought I could just come in. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's like, how did you know I'd be here? And the piece of paper that she handed him at the beginning has like their address on it. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I just know you really well. She's like, I just know you really well. I oh. that was funny. <laughs> so she hands him a little disc from her wrist watch thing. And mm-hmm. she was like, this is all the evidence you would need against Carteris to take him down. Yep. It has that video of mm-hmm. him. Which saying. it's funny. Cause in the future, they say in the future, like the DVDs got just a little bit smaller. This looks like a coin. Yeah. So I love it in future tech where they predict kind of where they think we're going to be. So they think that CDs or like DVDs just became like coin size. <laughs> I'm like, no, we didn't get there yet. Which I thought it was kind of neat. I thought, well, that's kind of neat. You kind of have a coin. Yeah, in you your know. watch. You could record and yeah. stuff. They, they didn't think about the cloud. Because can you record from your watch? 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, I bet it would don't go into the cloud. ask me these taggy questions. Well, Jesus. if you could, it would probably go into the cloud. You wouldn't need a CD or anything. Yeah. But it's just funny they didn't even think of something like that, that at the time. Damn cloud stores everything. It does. Um, so, yes, Bob Hoskins is talking with her, and he was like, she gets in her car. There's a very funny scene where it shows the Bentley and, like, the mirror just falls off of it. Yeah. Because it's been through hell. <laughs> she, like, I think she um, does the alarm. Like, she yeah, does the, a beep, 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 and then the, the mirror just falls off. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know why she didn't decide to come back with him because Bob Hoskins leaves and he's like, do me a favor. He's like, drive careful. And then that's it. It cuts to black, but then... It shows her driving, and she mm-hmm. drives, like, right into the middle of all of Saul's people. Yes. And there's a ton of them, and she gets out, and she has his head, and she throws his head, like, towards the people, and she's like, if you want to eat, try your leader. Yeah, try a piece of your friend. <laughs> try a piece of your friend, yeah, and then they're all just like, yeah! And then it shows her, and she smiles, and then it just cuts to yeah. credits. They were just so happy because that was like the best catchphrase ever. Yeah, I I guess, and I don't know. I thought the ending was kind of silly. I don't know why she would be their leader now. Like the nothing in the movie made you think that she wanted to be like the leader of a cannibalistic group. Unless she just wanted to stay close to her hometown in hopes to maybe find her mom. Like, maybe her mom is still out there. Yes. Yeah, you see, you asked me right maybe. here if there was a sequel, and maybe that's what the sequel would have been, mm-hmm. is finding her mom is alive and she's got to find her. Yeah, because at the end, I'm just like, wait, there's there could be more to this. You know? Yeah. So I was like, was there another one? And you know, Scott's like, no. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I asked you, I was like, did you like it? And you're like, We'll talk about it later. And then I was like, <laughs> so that made me think, like, you liked it. You know. You know I did. There was so much action. There was just so much going on. I just loved everything. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I don't think I would ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was some boring parts. I don't know. It just felt weird. Like, it felt odd in some places. I don't know if I can express it very well, but it just, some of it was done okay, and some of it yeah. wasn't, and, um... I just wish some of the things were expanded on more, like the the people, the medieval people. and Right, yeah, there are some things they probably could have cut out and put some different mm-hmm. kind of dialogue in there, but... Um... They never really explained, like, Saul being his son, like, why, you know, they could have done a lot more character development, I suppose, but mm-hmm. I get it, they're just in and, and they're trying to do Escape from New York, but Escape from New York really sets the characters up very well. Like, you know who Snake Plissken is just from the way that people react to him. Hmm. They're like, whoa, they're scared of this guy. And like, well, he's a badass. You, you just get it. You just get that he is a scary dude. Um, yeah, I saw. like I said at the beginning of this, I saw it in the theaters and I forgot about it. We'll see, you know, maybe in a couple of years, will I remember this movie at all again? <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at that. But when the ones slip through the cracks and I completely forget about them, those are, those are very interesting to me. Um... Because there's been other movies before where I've thought about it and I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot about that movie. It's just funny to do that. Yeah. Did you uh, have a favorite part? I'd probably say anything with Bob Hoskins in it was my favorite. He's in an amazing movie with Jet Li called Unleashed where he plays a mob boss and he has like a dog collar that he puts on Jet Li to keep him like under control. But whenever he takes the leash off, he like sends him in to beat the shit out of people. He's like his enforcer. Great, great movie. Um, he's been in amazing things as well, but I just loved him. That whole, uh, 
well, you got to get it under control or there's going to be fuck all to do about it. It was probably my favorite. Um, and Soul's head hitting the camera. It was kind of just a silly, like, his head, like, when it flies oh, and hits yes. the camera. That is funny. I was like, that's pretty crazy. Um, worst part? I would say probably that Malcolm McDowell wasn't in it very much. Um, Kane, I thought he deserved to be in He's such a great actor. He's been in so many great things, but... He needed. I feel like he needed to be in it more. And I also didn't like the ending very well. Because I was like, why is she going to take over the cannibals mm-hmm. now? There's too many questions there. Yeah, I was like, she doesn't see... She seemed, The movie kind of sets her up as like a loner, kind of. Mm-hmm. Even though she's working with all these people. I was like, why is she going to take over the cannibal group? That makes sense. Yeah. So my favorite part we didn't talk about. Um, <laughs> it was when uh, Rona was fighting the executioner. And Norton and neighbor and the other guy was out escaping. And mm-hmm. they go into, I think it looked like some kind of kitchen. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and the, the other guy takes down what looks like a chicken or a <laughs> yes. pheasant or some kind of feathered bird and starts beating somebody with it. <laughs> yes, we totally forgot about that. Yeah. I just, I thought that was a kind of comical twist and i thought it was really kind of funny yeah they have a bird hanging upside down and he grabs it and starts wailing on people yeah (laughs) and i thought in a kitchen you would think there would be knives but he chose a bird well weren't the two guys that were there was like two chefs or whatever in this medieval kitchen and they were cutting things up i thought and i think that's what norton Mm. was fighting he was fighting those two chefs but he just for some reason grabbed that chicken yeah (laughs) Would have been made that scene even funnier is that when he hit the people, if it squawked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I don't think I have a worst. Okay. I really liked everything. I don't think there was a... I mean, sure, there was some like, why are they putting that in there? Um, But I relatively liked everything. Well, good. We're we're just going to go with that because I can't even think of a... A worst moment at this yeah. time. And you see, this is the perfect example of what we came to this podcast with. Is yeah. If it was just me talking about this movie, I probably would have just shit on it the whole time. The or just time. would have talked about things that I didn't care about or didn't like. But, you know, watching it with you and seeing your reactions, it really kind of helps me, you know, understand that it, you know, there are good things in all movies. And, you know, we, it's good to have you here. So Aww. I'm not just the negative Nancy. Well, thanks. I really learn a lot from you because you know so much. Yes, well, that's why when I was a teenager, I didn't have a social life. I just spent watching movies and learning about them and reading about them. (laughs) And I didn't. And I didn't have a social life either, but I just wasn't Um, into reading. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. You know, I could have been like, well, I'm going to watch Fight Club. And I used to watch movies and listen to the commentaries on all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. hear the directors and actors talk about it, which I still would like to do, but... Once we got married, you know, there's really just not time to, to do it unless I stayed up or something after you've gone to sleep. Which you might do. What but... you do? <laughs> yeah, I, I should. <laughs> I should start doing that again because some of the commentaries are hilarious that you listen to. Like, especially if it's a funny TV show. I used to listen to the Venture Brothers commentary and that thing was so funny. Oh, really? But yeah, I just learned a bunch of stuff listening to commentaries and behind the scenes and reading about it. So um, that's how I learned all that. All right. Anything else to say about Doomsday? <laughs> No, that's all I've got. All right, let's never talk about it again. Oh. (laughs) Um, Next week, 
we have an exciting announcement for next week, which is we have another episode. Yay! <laughs> We're still going. You're going to listen to us again. Yeah, we'll be four for four. Four episodes. Four for four. <laughs> we do know what it is. It is a movie called Equilibrium Ooh. with Christian Bale and Tay Diggs. That was one that I watched when I was a teenager. Like, all the people around me were like, this is the most badass movie of all time. It's so cool. And I don't know how it'll hold up now that I'm an adult. But oh. you watch it, and you're just like, oh, this is so cool. And the action <laughs> is so cool. And, so cool. Um, yeah. No, so we'll be doing that, and we'll release that. I don't know the exact date. Yeah, and if you have any suggestions, we would love for you to email us at... Um, the film obsessed couple at gmail.com mm-hmm. just email us if you have some even if it's not rom-com or anything because we're going to be having like different themes each month so we might be able to put it in one of those themes um and also if you have any suggestions on how we can make the show better because we're here for you guys we want to make it the best so and we're still learning and evolving yeah, we appreciate it, and we thank you guys for everything. And yes, if you did have suggestions, I've already made like a tentative schedule for the year, but I've already changed it in January because mm-hmm. I just felt some of the movies would be better if we did ones that I don't think other podcasts have done. So yeah, and so if you come up with an idea, and you know, if it, we'll definitely open to ideas is basically what we're trying to say. Yes, and if you haven't rated us on Apple Podcasts, please do so. Five star rating. I don't think you have to leave a review. Um, but five stars will get our name out there more and help us get more, uh, followers. And then we can just keep growing. And we thank you guys once again. Thank you for everything. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Hey everybody. I'm just coming in with a quick edit here at the end. We actually have changed the schedule since this episode has been completed. We will actually be doing a movie called hard rain with Christian Slater next week. Uh, The reasoning behind that is that it stars Betty White, and I'm sure as everybody knows, Betty White has since passed away, but in that date that we're releasing this would actually be on her birthday. We thought it would just work better, and kind of just as a tribute to her, because we both really loved her, and Equilibrium will be the next week, so it'll be then Hard Rain, and then following Equilibrium, and then, yeah, we'll keep you updated on releases afterwards, so we thank you guys for everything, and hope you guys take care. Thank you.